0: Listen up. There's no more excuses. We're empowering those who want the hustle by exposing the status quo. The days of ordinary are over. It's time to crush mediocrity and start discovering your greatest potential. Welcome to the Hustle Nation. Hustle Nation. To the Hustle Nation. Hustle Nation. To the Hustle Nation.
1: Welcome back to another episode of the Hustle Nation podcast. Today, we've got Chris Williams in the house. Chris is founder and CEO of Group Coach Nation. He is a thought leader and expert in the coaching and training space. Uh, Outside of being a shark diver and electric skateboarder, if I heard that right, uh, he dives into the art of monetizing his clients' knowledge, scaling their impact by sharing insights gained over years of empowering experts. Chris, welcome to the show.
0: I'm so glad I'm here. This is gonna be really fun, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, glad to have you. Where do you want to go with this? Let's rock and roll. I know your people are super cool who listen. Do you guys listening in? (laughs) Like, aren't these guys the greatest? This is super fun. Anyway, all right. (laughs) Because it's way more fun. When you get to hang out with them before the show, there's it's really okay. Let's go for the fun stuff. Let's talk shark diving for a second. So Jill Jill's my my wife. We've been together for 20 no, 29 years, been married for 25 years, together for 29 years. We got five kids. We like going places and doing fun things. So we're out in the South Pacific, miles and miles offshore. There's 3,500 feet of water below us. Oh my gosh. Okay. So, you know, when you like, you're going to the beach with your family and you're out there paddle boarding or surfing or sitting on that stupid raft you brought from home and you're finally like, you know, we can't see the sands down there below us anymore. It's kind of, you know, it's creepy feeling, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I hate that feeling. So we're, we're out there and there's nothing. It's crystal clear. Like, I didn't know this. When you go way out until we did the first time, when you go way, way out away from the shore, the water's freaking clear. And that's almost the case everywhere in most oceans. Really? Yeah. You don't have to go to the Caribbean for clear water. You just got to get far enough from the, from the beach. So anyway, okay. Yeah. we're out there, out there for a couple hours. We hired this National Geographic shark guard. And a mako shark researcher. So, this mako shark researcher, she had 15 years of studying mako sharks. She was super cool, super knowledgeable. And this guy who is a shark guard, he stands, stands, he floats, swims behind the National Geographic, like Blue Planet videography crew, and he keeps the great whites away while they're doing their job. Oh that, it's just stupid, insane, right? Okay. <laughs> This is the first time we did this. So, so we're who did out you there. convince to go out with you? Jill. Jill? Is this Jill's <laughs> idea? Yeah. yeah. Jill's idea. So, so we're out there and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, like the, the researcher, she yells in the water, in the water, in the, I'm like, so seasick at this point. I I'm just horrible in the water. So we jump in the water. She's like sharks out, sharks out, sharks out. And so there's like, also we jump in the water. Cause there's fins coming towards the boat and that's not. Yeah. I, got, I, don't th-
2: I don't think that's a good sign. I'm it's, not, I'm, not, I'm not, not an expert. I'm not a
0: Mako shark researcher, but I don't think that's a good sign. Oh my gosh. So when we got in there. It was the scariest thing I'd ever done. We've done a lot of crazy stuff as adventures in our family, but there's all, we teach our kids always have a way out. So we we do a lot of adventures, but there's always a way out when you're climbing, when you're mountaineering, when you're skateboarding, when you're doing whatever, you, you got backups and safeties, but yep. I mean, we're in their world and these, these this, I mean, they're coming up to you, big nine footers, just coming right up at you. And, and it was so cool because a couple things, one sharks are gorgeous. When you see them in real life, it's so freaky, scary, but they're gorgeous. They're reading your electrical system. Like they're, they know if you're nervous, fight, flight, they know all this stuff. So we can't run. We got to stare them in the eye and do our thing. But I also learned how important it is to have a guide and somebody who's been there freaking before. And that was such a meaningful impactful moment for me, honestly, as a student of other coaches, I left that event, that, that experience with Jill and those other people, just us and the, and the, the guides and one of the couple. And I realized I need to trust the people who've gone before me. I need to trust them in a new way. Now, now not blind trust. We all made that mistake. We've hired the wrong coach, bought the wrong e-course, whatever, but somebody who I can confirm, they've done this over and over and over, and nobody's died, and we got, we got the real deal results. And I tell you what, guys, that, that was a pivotal moment in a mind shift for me that was yeah. better than actually just seeing the shark. Stick with me. Wow.
2: Well, so apparently if we're going shark diving, we're taking you with. There we go. I, I got two people you should go with, but I'm just the guy who's going to swim away, but not with me. Yes. <laughs> you didn't tell it. You didn't say you swam away and screaming the whole time. You no, said I, you stared right at the shark. You missed that part of the story.
0: Wow. So, so fun out there. So it's, the world's a big place. There's so much out there. You know, I, you when I play that?
1: golf and with golf, you don't really need much of
0: a guide. It, it's
1: a pretty safe. I don't need an exit plan when I go to the golf course.
0: I, you know, I like. I'm not a golfer, but I see golf stuff on my reels. You know, and it's but it's inevitably like the gator who's chasing some golfer out of the water. You know, yeah. more entertaining. You know? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, for sure.
1: You so, said something there yeah. where it was a point that you, you had learned something in your life that you need a guide. How has that translated into what you do now? Because obviously, you lead Group Coach Nation. There's got to be an undercurrent to that. No pun intended.
0: (laughs) That was good. Actually, there, there is. And, and I think it's interesting. And I I think everybody listening, you guys get this too, that when you, when you're an expert at something and you support everybody else doing it, you find that that's often your own weakness. Isn't that weird? And and I, Mm. I found that over and over. So I mean, we coach hundreds and hundreds of people going through our programs to build their own masterminds, group coaching programs. Right? You'd think I'd be freaking bulletproof about creating masterminds and group coaching offers and stuff like that. I so need someone to help me with it, and I think that's the yeah. cool thing that I've learned. I'm, I'm 47 right now. I was recording, so I turned 47 yesterday. So, yes, I know. Happy, Happy birthday! Bird, Sing later. Yeah. Say, don't embarrass. Uh, yeah, sing later. So just send me the gifts. That'll be fine. So the, um, the, they'll have my address down below, everybody listening in. <laughs> Keep it under $200 a person, all right? Let's be reasonable. So it, here's the thing, though. I've learned the long, hard way that I need to have someone helping me, even though I'm really good at what I do, because I don't know what I'm missing. And that's the problem. The better and better you get at something, the more and more that blind spot becomes a real risk factor. And so I've got amazing people advising me. And that gives me so much space. I, like yesterday, I had a call with one of my advisors, a mentor of mine. I pay this guy to mentor me because he's really, really good. And, and he said, dude, I'm not going to mentor you for free. You got to have some skin in the game. So he charges me a thousand bucks an hour to talk to him. Yeah. It's great. It's worth every penny. So- I like get to sit there in a very safe place and say, here's what's going on. What do I do next? And it's so refreshing because I don't have to be the guy that's on camera. I get to be the guy who's sitting there with my hands on my head saying, what the heck? I, what, what do I? I don't know. And I know it's weird to say that when I'm supposed to be the guy who's on your show, giving expert advice, but, <laughs> but let's be honest. We're all humans and we all have those moments, no matter where you are in life.
2: What what that's uh, screaming to me today, Chris, is actually I uh, right before this recording, I was actually uh, talking to uh, a guy that was on our podcast pre- previously, uh, Cliff Ravenscraft, mm-hmm. and he and I spent about an hour together, and and it was exactly that. I mean, we we were talking about stuff that literally we we coach in hustle, and <laughs> and he's. He's channeling it back at me, being like, well, wait a second, let's get a little deeper in there. Like, is that, is that really, is that really your why? Like, what's, what, and, and dig, and it's, it's so funny as I was, I was literally sharing with them last hour. I said, it's amazing how it's like the shoemaker, right? Like, just because you're the shoemaker doesn't mean you have nice shoes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's oftentimes you're, you're so focused on every, on everyone else and how you can help everyone else. You forget to kind of take some of your own
0: medicine. 100% true. It's, I just hate that part about being a human, yeah. but I don't think there's any way around it. Yeah. yeah. Taking advice and learning from other mentors. I mean, even even watching something like, I'm a huge, huge Swifty, okay? Sorry. This yeah. is getting really vulnerable today, guys. There you go. So I'm a huge Swifty. She talks so much about the mentors in her life, though. She's had some really amazing other stars that she's been able to be vulnerable with and say, how do I navigate these situations? It doesn't matter how big you are. It matters how willing you are to learn and grow. And that's what's going to really determine how fast it happens for you. Who were some of her mentors? Do you know offhand? Oh, I don't. I watched her I watched some of that recently, um, but I don't remember who they were. But it was other here's the thing, it was other superstars who aren't aren't as big as she is now, that's for sure. And she was <laughs> even getting mentored, like she's still getting mentored by these by several people who aren't near as big as she's ever been. But she's not asking them, How do I be the biggest pop star in the world? She's already that. She's saying how do I do with friends, with family, with struggles, with staff, with key influencers, with like the media, stuff that other people have done before her that's mm-hmm. just nice to have some perspective on. So, you know, there's so many things in that for all of us.
1: I will say about Taylor Swift, what's interesting is um, being a father of daughters. Uh, I never thought I'd say this, but I've grown to like her as a human being and as a musician. Uh, I've never thought she was the greatest singer, but what one of the things that I love from, from a performer standpoint, I think they will go down in history as being one of the greatest, like Michael Jackson was in terms of being a performer. Also, on a personal side, when you think of all of the people out there that your son or daughter could be a role model for, uh, I would love for my girls to look up to Taylor Swift. I mean, the epitome of professional. I mean, very very ta- few times have seen her do something that you wish your kids would never do. And so you say, I love Taylor Swift. I think I've become a bit of a Swifty myself, but we're getting off track with that. Aren't we? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, I don't know. Dustin hadn't chimed in Dustin are we, are we uh, all going to have t-shirts that match? Yeah. On, so I wouldn't consider
2: myself a Swifty. Actually, uh, one of my, uh, best friends, uh, in life, my college roommate, uh, he has been a Swifty for 20 years. So he was, you know, he was a Swifty before Swifty was being cool sort of thing. And, uh, yeah, it was um so I, I wouldn't consider myself a Swifty. I'm not my daughter isn't, so I guess I'm not either. So I don't know. But uh yeah. So I don't not I had nothing against her. I just uh, you know it's not my thing, I guess. Not
0: your thing. Yeah, that's all right. It's
2: all right. You know, it's all right.
0: Well, everybody, everybody, Chris. leave some positive five star reviews and comments for Chris and Chris. Leave Dustin out of it, though. That's Great exactly episode. right. Thanks, Chris and yep. Chris. That's all yep. we're looking Hashtag for. Hashtag Taylor Swift. And yep. Taylor.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, it was nice to see the Chiefs win the Super Bowl, though. And apparently that's her team. So.
0: Yeah. I think Taylor won the Super Bowl. Yeah.
2: Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Chris, one of the things that you said uh, last that I thought was really interesting was perspective. You talked about from a coach. One of the things that they give is perspective, because no matter how much of an expert you are in a space, someone from the outside can bring a unique perspective to challenge you, even potentially on your own principles that you know that you're you're teaching to others. And you know, as we as we formed Hustle, right? Like that was ultimately the idea. I've shared the story in the in the past. When I when we were kind of building this coaching program and the different videos and the trainings. I remember going back and re-watching the videos that we had created and light bulbs popping off <laughs> in my head of, of, in some cases, my own voice saying back to me, Hey, you got to think about this. Hey, you got to, you got to think about that. And so, you know, curious on your, pers- you know, your perspective about, uh, you know, as you've coached lots of different people, uh, you know, ways in which you've revealed new perspectives for them, you know, in, in the different things you teach.
0: Yeah. So, and I'll keep that in the, in the hustle format. Cause again, all we teach is experts, coaches, speakers, those types. People have subject matter experts sure. who are good communicators, how to build high ticket group coaching and mastermind programs. So what I do is very, very niche hmm. and I would highly recommend being super niche to anybody out there. The, the tighter you get on that, the easier it is to help people and they get faster change and you have better results that aside, yeah. maybe yeah. that's perspective for somebody. Hopefully. So for sure that aside, because that's my specific niche, and that's all I focus on. I'm able to bring a level of expertise and focus into that conversation. But a lot of what we teach, because it's so scalable, like building a group coaching model or a mastermind is extremely scalable. And that's a perspective yeah. shift. So a lot of people actually come to us because of the hustle issue. They're used to working 60, 70, 80 hours a week. They're cranking out the weekends. Like you guys see, I'm sure a ton. And. Yeah. Like we say at the end of every one of our training sessions or any session that I lead, do work, get results. Just please do the right work and don't do anything else you shouldn't be doing. And that is a huge deal. This is not about, I'm going to join three masterminds and learn how to market and learn how to sell, learn how to lead a group and whatever it is that each of you do in life. Like, it's not about that. It's about what is the thing that's going to let you take a step back in a year, two years, three years, like truly take a step back and look at your life in a couple of years and say, this is what I wanted. If it's not going there, quit, like stop, go do the real thing. And that's a really big, important lesson to learn. And that's a, that's a huge shift I've had to go through in my own life because I was doing the wrong stuff personally and professionally and, and now shifting to the right stuff over the past decade or so has been such a game changer.
2: That's That's interesting. Spot on. We, you know, we often talk about that clarity of vision and just understanding where you're going. Uh, Chris and I were just at an event together this this week, and that was one of the biggest things. Is was it yesterday? Man, the time flies. (laughs) About how so often when people think of hustle, they have even a negative reaction to it, right? It's it's this almost anti-hustle movement, and when you ask people about it, it's often because of someone in their life was the parent in the stand yelling at him? hustle, hustle, hustle. And they just burned him out. Right. And, and so many people think of the word hustle and burnout as, as synonymous. And one of the things we've seen is the reason it often is, is because hustle without vision will just accelerate your ability to burn out. <laughs> yeah. Great. Right. Point. And, and so to your point, if you don't, if you don't start with like, why are you even doing this? And what is, you know, what does this matter? And you know, what are you really seeking here? I mean, don't, don't hustle at stuff that isn't really clear because you'll get tired quick.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Love that. Really well said. Yeah. Don't hustle at anything. That's not the right thing. And, and you know, as entrepreneurs and executives, I know a lot of people like that in your audience, we're all high achievers and we all can accomplish quite a bit of things, but That's a huge weakness sometimes. If we're on the right thing, as you said, it's perfect, but it's so hard for us to freaking give up sometimes. We want to keep that relationship going that honestly, all of our friends are telling us to quit. We want to keep that business going that we know and everybody else knows should be done. Like lots of things. Well, Chris, what am I going to do if I don't do this? I don't know. But you won't be going the wrong way. I mean, if you're going the wrong way to vacation away from the beach, stopping the car and hitting the rest stop for five hours is better than driving for five hours. You know? Yeah. Great analogy. You didn't get anywhere, but you also didn't get anywhere wrong. Yeah. I don't know why you're hanging at a
2: rest stop for five hours. That seems like an interesting <laughs> place to stop.
0: <laughs> well, they, who knows? They have shark diving there. Come yeah, on. That's fair. I'd rather that's talk fair. about
1: shark diving than rest stops, but that's yeah. just me. Okay. So, Speaking of doing what works and what doesn't, I've told a lot of my clients that in marketing. And you know, it's it seems really simple, but it seems all it's also very hard for them to say, Oh, you mean I should stop doing the stuff that doesn't work and do more of what does? Yes. But more importantly, when you get past that, if you give someone an idea or you're like, hey, we have this group coaching program, it's this. It is this number of dollars, it's one hour a week. Sometimes people will say things like, it's not the money, it's the time. And so often entrepreneurs are making, and leaders are making excuses for why they can't do something or why they can't do this. But a lot of it comes back to time. Do do you see this as being the case on your end? And if so, how do you help people overcome that? Because most of the excuses are just exactly that. They're just
0: BS. Yeah. If they're excuses, they're excuses. What can you say? That's, that's between them and themselves. And they got to be honest. You know, I honestly think that sales calls should be more honesty calls than anything else. Cause it's just about when I'm on a sales call as the buyer, it really comes down to, am I being honest with myself? What do I actually want? And can this widget or program or expert or whatever, get me that thing. And if it can be honest, put the cash down and move on. Cause that's what you want. Okay. Great. If though we're in this space, we're like, I actually want this. And the money's not a problem. I just don't have time to do what I need to do. Again, so many people teach so many different things. We frequently advise our clients to put some sort of module or other expert or resource or something, get a guest speaker. That's the first week of your mastermind or group coaching program and have them come and speak on how to pick up half a day, a week of time. It's really not hard to pick up four hours of free time in anybody's week. It's so not hard. And so like, if you can just crack the code on that, now they got time to do the work. Like yeah. just do it. So in our program, we do the same thing. We're like, like let's save you some time real quick. Let's show you what to stop doing. I want you to take half of this time and do the work we're going to tell you to do because we've got to build something and half of the free time and go for a walk every week. I want you to actually like enjoy your life more while we're doing the work. And That's really simple. It doesn't matter what you're selling or doing. You can have some other time management guru come in and help with a little bit of tweaking, pay them a little bit of money, or they'll probably be happy to come in there and just meet your people because they're probably their prospects too. Sometimes
1: you need to hear that from somebody like yourself. So I've known two different dentists who historically do not work on Fridays anywhere from spring through fall. And then when you and I last connected, you said, yeah, I, I would love to be on the podcast, but just not Fridays. I take Fridays off. And I, I respect that. I love that. I envy that at times. And I think when you surround yourself with people like that, it reminds you like, what do I need to do Monday through Thursday to get Friday or at minimum Friday afternoon off? Yeah. And it just comes back to, is it, it's not time though. It's prioritizing.
0: Hmm. Is that fair? It is. Yeah. Own your shit. Like, I don't know how else to say that. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Are we, are we not an explicit podcast or are we, yeah, just we're became... oh, yeah, we're good. Oh yeah. crossed the bar.
2: We're fine. <laughs> we, got we just, we just got out.
0: upgraded. Thanks to you, Chris. That's good. We're good. <laughs> own your shit. There's no better way to say it. And if, if what you need to own is a problem, you got to fix own it, like start working, right? Okay. Get some accountability, get a coach, get a therapist, get whatever you need. And if what you need to own is I need to create free space in my life. Own that free space. Mark it on your calendar. Get people get accountability to stop smoking and stop drinking and heal relationships and all this stuff. We need accountability to just have a Saturday without looking at our email. Like for real. So for me, what I do, if this helps any, I have a, I have a calendar that I set up. It's a um it's a Google sheet. It's a you can just Google like. Annual calendar, Google sheet or whatever. And you'll find templates out there. And I take a Google sheet. I fill in all the cells of the days that I want off every year before the year starts. So in December, I fill in the next upcoming year. All the weekends are yellow. Yellow is my color for days off. And then I put in whatever green days I want. Green days are days I'm performing, making money, being on podcasts like today is a green day. I put all of my on-camera stuff in one day, performance days, game days, a lot of athletes and um, theater people use this structure as well. And then my red days are preparation days. I mean, preparing for being on camera, being on stage, being in front of clients, whatever, or I'm just meeting with my team for a little bit of admin stuff, whatever. Just following that and then time blocking down what the specific big projects are into time blocks that I can shut the doors and get it done has brought me from 12 to 14 hour days down to uh, 12, 14 hour weeks. I think is about what I work right now and have been for a while. Like you don't have to work that much, but when you're at work, you better be doing the stuff that only you can do. And if you have to do other people's jobs right now, that's okay. But as soon as you can increase your prices, get some profit margin and find a way to hire a team, you're going to be better at helping the people you help. And you're going to have a life and that's going to make you sustainable, which is going to help you help even people in a more deep, full, meaningful way. But there's so much there. So own your shit. To
2: piggyback on that, one of the things I, I, we've experienced a lot is referred to as "you do you." I think a lot of times people try, especially you know, entrepreneurs, small business owners, even just leaders of any business for that matter. They try to be the jack of all trades. They try to be everyone's problem solver.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And uh, you know, I go, I go back. I'll never forget one of the first times when we decided to hire someone to mow our lawn, which you know, for many people listening, is a joke to say this out loud. But it was a it was a big deal, uh, you know. Uh, my wife and I are, uh, are have been married now for quite a while. But you know, she came from a, a blue collar family, and and the mindset that I would pay someone else when I was perfectly capable to go out and mow the lawn just blew her mind. She's like, "Why would you? Why would you do that?" And this was, you know, we were young. It wasn't like we had really money to spend. But but to me, I was in a sales job, and I'm like, "That's that's a couple hours a week that I'm either." I mean, if you want me out there and then never seeing the kids or or you, then maybe you'd prefer me to be out there. And maybe that was her, maybe that was her game all along. But uh, but you know, as you grow and and succeed, you end up not just doing it for your lawn; you do it for all sorts of things. Uh, You know, as you work in 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 your role, as people are trying to you know build these masterminds and things like that, I'm, I'm sure you're having plenty of people that are starting from from zero trying to get to you know, phase one, right. Where they just, they're trying to do it all. What would you say is the, the thing that they should be looking for and when's the right time to start offloading that stuff? Cause I think a lot of times people just wait way too long mm-hmm. yeah. to identify those things to allow themselves as a scale.
0: If you're a beginner doing this, your entrepreneurial journey, first of all, Give yourself a big pat on the back for being the person who can solve lots of problems. That's what's gotten you to the success you have today. You've gotten some clients, you've built something. That's really cool. Like you figured stuff out. That means you're smart. It means you're capable. It means you can do this. The next thing to figure out is how not to do those things. So keep the same thinking hat on. It's a different problem. So instead of figuring out how to do it because you're good at figuring it out, figure out how not to do it. It's still a project. How not to do it is find some virtual team member that you can hire for a few hours a day, a few hours a week, whatever you need to start with. There's plenty of people out there. Reach out. There's so many resources to find out there. I'm I'm sure these guys have it too. Reach out and find somebody you can delegate your inbox and your calendaring to. I know we all have calendaring apps, but you still need somebody to help Organize a little bit of that, send notes back and forth, make sure the right zoom links or whatever, correct, whatever. Get somebody to help with inbox or communication, text messages, social media messages, whatever. Communication and calendaring is a huge deal. You will instantly save four to eight hours a week. It's easy to train. You can have them archive, not delete everything. You can have them reply to only 10% of the messages at first that you're pretty templatized. Like you can build up to it over a month or two, but you got to do that. Like you said, how soon do people do that? When's the right time? The right time is now. It's so now you, you really have to figure out how to delegate the simplest, easiest things to delegate off of your plate. Either stop. If you shouldn't be doing it, stop doing it, right? Don't, don't see somebody else and pay smiles to it, but if it should be done, get it off your plate. And take that time, take half of it. Let's use the 50-50 rule. Take half of it and go prospect or go serve a client more so you can make a few more bucks to pay your new team member. Take the other half and chill and relax because your brain will think of the next thing to do that makes money if you're relaxing. It won't if you're standing at your screen. So unchain yourself, let yourself be free and hire that person. It doesn't, I mean, a couple hundred bucks a month if you need to start super low, you find somebody that can just help you a little bit, but get that off your plate.
1: Chris, how do you get over the fear? So, a lot of people are chained, as you say, and they're worried about, you know, what if someone sees this message or what if I get a complaint, you know, and someone's going to think this about me? How, how do you get over that fear of either not being able to do it as good or worrying about what someone's going to say
0: or what they might see? How do you manage mm-hmm. that? When I was um, a younger dad, I got five kids, youngest is 16 now. When I was a younger dad, one of our kids stuck their hand into like the, the dog crate to pick up the dog's toy, and they pulled their hand out of the dog crate, and it wouldn't come loose because they had the dog's toy in their hand, right? Super simple, straightforward process. We're, we're young humans. We're learning, well, sizes and shapes. <laughs> they screamed for so long because they were mad they couldn't get the thing. And then they were mad they couldn't get loose. And all they had to do was let go of the thing, right? If you're chained, if you're in the prison, if you're chained to the email, let's say, and you're scared of letting go, you got to decide, is the dog toy of worrying about one or two people getting a little misunderstood on an email worth not being free? For me and most of you, I think freedom is more important. And here's how it works: so you send an email, or your your team member did. Thanks for your email, client. So sorry I couldn't see you today. I'll get back to you tomorrow. And let's say that client gets completely ticked off. What the heck? You've never. I, I, I needed something now. Here's what's going to happen: they're not going to fire you. No guarantees here. If they do, you probably got a jerk client. You don't want to work with them anyway. But they're probably gonna you're probably gonna email them back tomorrow and call and be like, look, oh my gosh, so sorry. I got a team member. I'm trained to handle some of this stuff. He or she didn't realize what was going on. How can I help? I'll set aside some time right now. They're gonna be like, oh, totally. Okay. I get it. Here's what needs fixing. And they're going to get fixed. You can also just simply have a list of a clients or a priorities or a topics. If you ever see these things come up in an email, tell me right now. And there's pretty easy ways around just it's okay. 10% of the stuff I want to know about label the 10% of the stuff and you will probably be fine. Let go of the dog toy. So Chris, how did you get into this? You
2: know, that's your what? point about into group coach nation, right? Because, you know, this is, to your point, it's a super focused niche that, that you're focused on. How did, how did that, how did you get into this, this business? Was it your
0: own success? Was it seeing other people? Like what, what drove that? I wish it was my own success. Oh my gosh. Oh, um, <laughs> I, I. <laughs> Does anybody ever actually say it is their own? Yeah. I'm a self-made man. Yep. <laughs> you mean to, you mean to take this podcast a whole different direction? Yeah. I'm a middle-class white guy born in America. Yeah, it's my own success. What yeah. the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest here. Like, I I'm just going to be really honest. I have been born in a place and a time where people like me have a lot of opportunity. I'm going to call that spade a spade. All right. A lot of folks don't have the same opportunity. I've made a lot of mistakes and I've squandered an enormous amount of potential because it was sitting right in front of me. And for all of us out there who have opportunity in front of us right now, be awesome. Use the opportunity to grow your communities. All right. Be cool. Make this plan a better place. You can do it. We all can together. For those of you who don't have the opportunity sitting right in front of you, ask people around you or ask people that you know who might be more like you, that you've seen be successful how they did it. Because I promise the code has been cracked. Okay. Not everybody's been able to crack it the same way at the same pace, but somebody out there has cracked that code. Get a mentor. All right. can I? Can I just park it there for a second. Anchor that point, get a mentor. All right. For me, I'm born an entrepreneur. My parents were not entrepreneurs, but I I came from a pretty horrible home actually, but still it, it is what it is right here in America. I had lots of stuff in front of me because of who I am, what I look like. So wherever you are, here's what happened for me. I was an entrepreneur when I was 11, I started cutting grass, traded my next door neighbor for a lawnmower. I didn't have one so I could cut grass. When I got their mower, I could cut their grass for, for a whole season for free, but it gave me a lawnmower so I could go cut five or 10 more yards at the same time, right? Scalability, simple. Then when I was 14, I hired my first staff member because I needed a driver for my lawn business because it had grown. So I hired somebody who could drive me around. Then I sold that when I was 22 and I had three crews and trucks and the stuff, right? I'm an entrepreneur. So I started just following my passion and my interest into what I want to do next. Then I went into financial advising. So I started getting into that, sold stocks, bonds, mutual funds, all this stuff, right? And then I started a financial advisory firm. Then I sold that. Then I got into consulting. And then consulting ultimately took me down this path of, okay, i had been hustling for 15 years. I was working a ton of hours, had a bunch of small kids. And that's when I realized I was working too many hours. And, and when I was in coaching and consulting is when I realized, okay, I have a lot of control over what happens here. And this is where I have to learn to quit working those big hours. I read the four-hour work week, Tim Ferriss's book. I read it twice. First time I thought it was bullshit. Second time, I was desperate enough one week after the first time I read it to actually go back and outline it and do what it said to do. And I went from 12 to 14 hour days down to four hour days and quadrupled my income in four months. Wasn't four-hour work week yet, but oh my gosh because I learned to let go of literally my inbox and my calendaring calendaring and hand it to a VA that was the first thing I did. So mm-hmm. all of that awesome string of success like five or six steps there is mixed in to like 20 or 30 massive failures that I didn't just explain but those those failures are all freaking over the place and then there's like a thousand failures a day that you feel right just being an entrepreneur no matter who yeah. you are. So those failures are what they are. I don't, I don't sugarcoat failure and say, well, it's just another opportunity to learn. whatever, it sucks, all right? You're gonna fall down and bang up your knees and get all bloody. I don't want to do that again. I'm gonna do it again anyway. So I gotta get out there and I gotta say, look, I'm learning, I'm growing, and the faster I've grown has been directly correlated to how many people I was willing to actually say, here's what's going on, like the real crap that's going on. What do I do next? When I, here's one big secret about mentorship. If any of us, no matter where you are or how you start in life, I, I have a lot of pride. Okay. I've had way too much pride in my life showing up with, I think I'm supposed to have it all together because of where I was born and what I look like and who I am and everybody else does. And i am I'm, I'm in a middle-class society growing up and they all seem to have their shit together and all, all the stuff. Right cool. But, but I had to show up and, and as a 25 year old and a 30 year old and a 35 year old and a 40 year old and a 45 year old and now 47 year old stop and say, look, here's what's actually going on in a safe place with somebody I could trust. Somebody who would already been there before me, who would already succeeded in that and say, this is really embarrassing. Please don't tell anybody else. This is what I'm actually going through. What do I do next? So no matter where you are in life, all you wonderful people listening and watching this thing, Find someone that you're really able to be safe with, not a gossip, not somebody else you think is awesome, but they talk about a bunch of other people. That means they'll talk about you too. Somebody who's really safe and tell them what's going on and ask them for help. Because there is help out there. If it's therapy, if it's coaching, if it's a group program you'd be part of, whatever, find your person.
1: Is it fair to say that group coaching can be a bit therapeutic? It can be like therapy because so often, even in a one-to-one, when I'm coaching somebody, it, it's as much for me like, this is therapy. This has to be therapy as much as it is enlightening
0: for the other person. Yeah, that's a good question. You guys asked early before we started the show what, what you could or couldn't ask about. Anything goes. So my first experience in group coaching was as a therapy at a facility called Onsite a residential facility called onsites in Nashville, Tennessee. If anybody's looking for deep healing and trauma or chemical abuse, stuff like that onsite has so many great opportunities. And I'd been going to a one-on-one therapist for years, multiple therapists who are just great, great people. Finally, a therapist said, you need to go to onsite. So it's expensive, blah, blah, you know, gulp, but you do it and it's scary and all the stuff. I was so scared to be in a group of like eight people or so with a therapist there and that was like, so freaking fast change that compared to one-on-one. And then I got into it a little bit. I, I kind of asked the, I mean, I'm, I'm, no matter who you are, where you are, you're still who you are, where you are. Right. So I'm at this therapy place. And I'm like asking the therapist, why are we all getting like, we're growing fast. What the heck? Why are y'all different? Like, is there anything different your therapist has already been telling you, but people grow. The research shows people grow and change five times faster. It's actually a little more than that. Five times faster. In group scenarios, than they do with one on one work in business and in personal. And then you think, well, Chris, I coach and consult people on really private stuff. Whatever. It was a therapy program. We're telling everybody the real stuff, right? If it's a safe environment, people change and grow five times faster and they retain and use the information at a much higher level because there's structure, there's accountability, there's the, the motion of a whole group going through it. And when I've realized that, it got my attention for group coaching. And then I tried and, and tried and failed and tried and failed and tried and failed to build a group coaching program. And then I finally went out and got three mentors who knew different parts of the group coaching model. And seven weeks later, I had a group coaching program because I, <laughs> I got help versus the previous five years of me trying to do it on my own. So it was the therapy
1: session that really launched the group coaching business. Yeah, it was
0: a therapy session that gave me that vision for it. And then... Yeah. And then I joined, after that, I joined my first mastermind. I joined a group coaching program. I joined Russell Brunson's at ClickFunnels.
2: There were some people Mm -hmm. in
0: there and was able to get in because I qualified financially because I had an agency that was successful already, even though we weren't, I don't even know how to build a funnel. I don't have a t-shirt or anything, but like those people in there, I told them (laughs) what I was trying to do. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Before this episode. (laughs) Um, I'm building the funnel while we're talking. I I told them, um, I told them what I was trying to accomplish and they're like, oh my gosh, quit building e-courses and one-on-one all that kind of stuff dude you need to have a mastermind like it like the first 45 minutes i was in there they told me that And so several of them at dinner that night gave me the the framework for it i went back and hired them over the next few weeks and voila like it works it's wow. wild yeah i don't have an, i didn't have how an audience how anything. that like, just when you it's so easy it to, to start these things to now how, how it's is actually it different? harder it for people like? with audiences that are already big with what how's it different what do you mean
1: Yeah. So how is, how does that look different now than when you started?
0: When I started, I, I didn't know how valuable people's information really was, I think is the best way to say it. I like the information you guys are sharing on this podcast is so freaking valuable, but here's the truth. Let me say this for all you listeners. If you're trying to figure out how to actually accomplish something legit without ruining your life, you need to reach out to these two guys. Dustin and Chris got your back. Like I'm for real about that because listening to the podcast or watching the YouTube reel that you're on right now won't cut it. You got to freaking show up, be accountable and invest. There's something weird and horrible about humans. If we're not in a group, if we're not accountable, and if we don't put some skin in the game, we don't get the same results. I wish it wasn't so, but we're human. Call them, reach out to them, message them, do something. Say, "Here's what I'm trying to accomplish." If they can't help you, they refer. They know tons of people. They'll refer you to somebody who can. You need to find that person. Whatever it is you're trying to do in your life. Now, for me, when I realized that Chris that that me as a person, I need to learn in that group setting. I need to learn from somebody who's been there before me. And I realized, "Oh my gosh, I can teach other people to do that same thing to take whatever they're good at." and not sugarcoat the stuff they're not at, but the stuff they're good at and change a ton of people that way. That, that changed so much in the way I think about like the value of other humans in my world. We're not who we look like we are. We're so much more than that. And we have so much potential to give and give and give and change this freaking awesome rock we're all flying around on. This is a cool place. There's lots of cool folks here. And we can all help and be helped by everybody.
1: Okay, so Chris, for, for those out there listening to this show and they've got some kind of a program, whether it be group coaching or one-to-one, or maybe they're thinking about this group coaching thing, what, is, what, what are just a couple of tips you could give them to help them grow and scale a little bit?
0: Right, great question. Niche down, first of all. You got you to gotta really niche down. Being a generalist will take, so much longer to increase your profit margins and find clients. I know niching down is scary because we feel like we're going to give the farm away. Like there's so many people we're like walk by, but I promise there are so many people in a specific niche, you'll never help them all. It's kind of impossible. All right, that's number one. Number two is own what you know how to do based on the value of what it is to that person that you're helping. Your value is not determined by how much you think it's worth. Your value, the value of what you can sell is determined on what it's worth to that person over time. Hmm. So if you can help someone change their life today, it's not worth the life change today. It's worth the life change for the rest of their life. You can help them make money today. It's not worth today. It's worth the money the next 10 years of their life. It's the value of what you can give them long-term. So own that niche, dive in, and then figure out, What is it they desperately need help with? And if I could fix that for them, what's it worth in the long haul? That's where the sweet spot is. Relationships, health, wealth, money, time, whatever it happens to be. Find your thing and get what you're worth. Please, Hmm. don't be shy about it. Get what you're worth.
1: Oh, that is a conversation. We're going to have to have you back because that conversation is something that I bring up frequently, regardless of what I'm talking about. And most people don't. And I, I was guilty of that for many, many years, and arguably, maybe still. But most people are—I I see them out there, and they're like, "Well, we got this Black Friday special," and I, you know, you can do Black Friday all year long. And I said, "No, well, please don't, please, please don't do that. It looks so desperate." And they're like, no, no, it works. And I, I said, "You don't, first of all, you don't charge enough. So why would you discount your services?"
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: Black I just, Friday. I think when you it. discount your your services, that you're getting the, some of the tire kickers and the people that were considering working with you, but maybe don't respect you as much. And they tend to take more from you than
0: they're paying for. So true. So true. You're not Walmart. You're not trying to sell TVs. It's different. Blackbody works different in this space than it does in the widget space. Yeah. 100%.
1: Chris, I don't know where this hour went, but it, it wow, it did blow by. We're going to have you back and maybe sooner than usual. Uh, so thank you for your time today. Super insightful. Before we let you go, tell everybody a little bit more about what you have going on with Group Coach Nation and where they can find you.
0: Yeah. <laughs> don't, all you lovely listeners, don't you hate this part? You want to skip ahead right now? Here we go. All right. Here's the simple straightforward of it. There's plenty of stuff out there for you guys. All right, here's what we do. GroupcoachNation.com. Just Google Chris Williams Group Coach Nation. You'll find us. GroupcoachNation.com. Tons of resources there for you to get into figuring out what does that niche look like? How do I increase my prices? Am I actually a person who should be scaling an information-based business? Are you an expert coach, whatever? If I already got a, a big mastermind. How do I make that cooler? Like we work with people at the top tier, we work with people who are kind of in that middle space and people who are in the beginner space. So we have tons of stuff there. Group Coach Nation dot com. And if you have questions, by the way, you don't have to give us your email to get information there. It's just, it's there for you. If you have questions, DM us or reach out. That's really common. People do that all the time. I got a great team. We got tons of resources we can point to on YouTube also to just help you answer questions. We got you covered. And let me say one more time, if you're figuring out how to get something big done, if you've got a hustle, you should be pursuing. I mean, why else would you be watching this show? It's kind of named that. If you got a hustle you should be pursuing and it's breaking for you, reach out to these guys, Dustin Chris. Because they've already got it sorted. Get good advice.
2: So Chris, is there like a video of you shark diving that we can track down somewhere? Is that there's a picture (laughs) of of...
0: (laughs) (laughs) me. It's
1: gonna be the thumbnail for the show.
0: (laughs) Next time next time we're on this, if we do another show, let's talk about electric skateboards because I want to geek out about skating is so freaking fun if you get the right stuff. We will. That's awesome. Okay.
1: <laughs> I prefer watching dogs skate on on YouTube and TikTok.
0: <laughs>
1: you can invite the dogs.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> cool. Well, to all you listeners out there, thank you so much for tuning in today. We appreciate your ears. We appreciate the downloads. Until next time, peace.
2: Thank you for being part of the Hustle Nation. If you're serious about
0: raising the bar in your personal and professional life and willing to go all in on your success, head over to HustleLeaders.com. Here you can get access to our Hustle Productivity eBook, attend our Hustle Masterclass, or challenge yourself to the 30-Day Hustle Challenge. Pairing these tools and training with the Hustle Nation podcast will help you advance to a whole new level. Until next time, stay hungry and inspire those around you to hustle.